Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Isn't God great? Isn't God wonderful? If God's been good to you, then say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Excited uh, and thankful for this opportunity. Excited about the atmosphere of grace today. I'm excited about what God is doing in grace today. And uh, so much potential in this service today for God to do something great. I'm going to ask you to be open to the word of God. Help me preach. Thank you. Somebody has to help me preach. Uh, unless you've been behind the, 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 the pulpit and preached before, it's, it's hard to explain. But uh, when somebody at least will give you a good nod every now and then or shout out hallelujah or amen or praise the Lord, it, uh, it really helps you out. So I need somebody to help me preach. Praise the Lord. And I'll, I'll tell you, the, the more you help me preach, the faster we'll get done. And uh, for those that have been uh, Daniel fasting for the last 21 days, I'm glad that in a few minutes it's going to be over. I appreciate what it has done for us, but I'll be glad in just a few minutes to partake of what I have been missing. And uh, already have a crew that has already said, Brother Merrill, as soon as church is over, where are we going? Because we're going to uh, dig in. But let's put uh, lunch plans on a hold for just a few minutes. And uh, I know we've got our minds on sweets and sugar and candy and cake and whatever else it is, but uh, let's listen to what the Lord has to say. I promise I won't keep you too long uh, today. If you will turn in your Bibles with me to John chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 13. The last couple of weeks, Brother Murphy has preached and he has taught from this pulpit everything that I was going to preach and teach. So tonight, if while I am speaking, or this morning while I'm speaking, if you feel like that you're hearing a broken record, there's a reason. But if God is going to move on the minds and hearts of people to preach and teach the same thing, then He must be kind of serious about what He's trying to say. And so I think we would do good today to hear the Word of God. Praise the Lord. If you will turn uh, John chapter 2, verse 13... The Bible says that the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And He found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. Everybody say sitting. And when He had made a scourge of small cords, He drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen, and He poured out the changers' money and He overthrew the tables, and He said unto them that sold doves, Take heed, or take these things hence, Make not my father's house a house of merchandise. I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning. The power, the power of a free God. The power of a free God. If you will put your Bibles down, turn around, shake somebody's hand, and say, let's help the preacher preach. God bless you and you may be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In Soviet Russia, before the Communist Party fell, before the Iron Curtain had come down when it was still 
a communist country in Russia, there was a legendary character who was supposedly from Moscow. This man was a, uh, was a character in hundreds of stories that would cautiously circulate around the Soviet Union. And they simply called him Rabinovich. Rabinovich was his name. Most people believe that he is fictional, that he never really existed, but, but the stories of Rabinovich went around the country of, 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 of Russia, around the Soviet Union for years. And one of those stories that, that uh, was circulated was a story about Rabinovich when he left Moscow on a tour of Europe. And every city that, that Rabinovich would come to, he would send a postcard back to Moscow. And so the first postcard he received, uh, that they received, had a uh, greeting written on it that said, Greetings from a free Warsaw, the name of a city still behind the Iron Curtain. And then the next postcard came and it said, Greetings from a free Prague, still another city behind the Iron Curtain. And then came another one and another one, and finally one came that says, Greeting from a free Budapest still behind the Iron Curtain. But finally, Rabinovich made it to Paris, France. A city outside of the Iron Curtain. A city that was free. A city that was not constricted or not uh, bound by governmental controls like the other cities. And, and so they received a postcard from Rabinovich that said, Greetings from a free Rabinovich. Freedom is one of those things that we all desire. Freedom is one of the things, the founding truths that our great country still stands for. In all of its troubles and all of its problems, America still believes in freedom. At least the people of America still believe in freedom. Praise the Lord. I enjoy freedom. I enjoy the, the freedom that we have of religion, and I'm glad this morning that there's no government censors here today uh, waiting for me to say something that does not meet the criteria, but that you've got a right uh, to come to a house of worship uh, and lift your hands uh, and lift your voice uh, and worship God freely. And if you want to shout, you can shout. Uh, and if you want to praise, you can praise. Uh, and if you want to dance, you can dance uh, because freedom uh, is ours today. Uh, we have freedom, praise the Lord. <laughs> and as much as men want to be free, so then does God want to be free. And you look at me and say, what do you mean, Brother Merrill? How is God not free? We'll get to that in just a minute. But I want to tell you this morning in the beginning of this message that God desires in our lives nothing more than to be free. He desires to be free. Jesus, going back to our text this morning, Jesus is walking into Jerusalem and He passes by the temple. And He sees something that makes Him angry. Jesus, the Lamb of God. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. 
Jesus the meek, Jesus the lowly becomes angry at something that's transpiring in the temple. And he sees, the Bible says he sees those that are selling sheep and they're selling oxen and there's changers of money and they're sitting down and Jesus gets angry and he makes this small scourge out of cords and he cleanses the temple. And we're all familiar with that story. But what was it that got Jesus mad? Was it the fact that there was sheep in the temple? Or was it the fact that there was oxen in the temple? Or was it the fact that, that the money changers was in the temple? Or was it the fact that they were in the court of the Gentiles and they were stopping people from worshiping God? They were stopping people's relationship with God. They allowed things to come into the temple that hindered people in their pursuit of God. And it made Jesus mad that He said uh, He can only think in His mind uh, that these people are stopping people from serving God. God and that's not going to happen in the temple so he made a scourge of small cords and got rid of them that's what happened that's what the Bible says amen see they had set up in the court of the Gentiles in the Old Testament the Bible talks about Gentiles a lot and there were righteous Gentiles the Gentile people were not the chosen people that was the Jewish people But God has always included Gentiles. Did you know that? In the tabernacle, in the temple of Solomon, Zerubbabel's temple, there has always, by mandate from God, been provision for Gentiles to worship God. They could bring a sacrifice to the temple. Oh, yes, they could. God never has turned His back on the Gentiles. And God hasn't turned His back on the Jews either. Just throw that in. That was free. I won't even charge you for that. So when Jesus walks up to the temple in the court of the Gentiles, this is where the Gentile people came to worship. They had cluttered it up. They had filled it with things that hindered Gentile people from worshiping God. And Jesus didn't appreciate that. So he drove them all away. But I want to take this story in a little different direction this morning. Uh, And I'm going to try to hurry. Try to be cognizant of the clock. 2 Corinthians 6 and 16. The Bible says, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. You are the temple of of the living God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 3 and 16. The Bible says, Know ye not that you are the temple of God. We are the temple of God. It is us that's the temple of God. And so, the story that I read today, I'm going to to try my best to parallel it to our lives. And I want, I want in the beginning of this service, I want in the beginning of this message for you to, to understand what, I, what, I, what, I, what I, the parallels that I'm trying to make and try to see things in your life that meets these things, that meets this criteria. And I'm ready for freedom today. I'm ready for God to be free today. I'm ready for us to be free today. Praise the Lord. And we're going to get to that in just a minute. But first of all, the Bible says... Uh, 
that uh, if you'll read, put chapter uh, 2, verse 15 of John back up on the, the screen, Krista, if you don't mind, we'll skip some of the other scriptures I gave you. But the Bible says that he drove them out of the temple, and I want you to notice the first thing that he drove out was the sheep. What is the sheep? What does it mean in our lives for Jesus to drive out the sheep? And before I get there real quick, I do want you to notice that he made a scourge of small cords. It caused a little bit of pain, but not a lot of damage. Sometimes we need a little pain. It's motivation. Now, do you think those people would have left the temple if Jesus would have walked in there and said, get out? They'd have looked at him like he was crazy. But a wild man come in there swinging a whip, (laughs) I'd get to moving. (laughs) Come up and swing one at me, I'll get off this platform right quick. A little motivation. Sometimes Jesus has to motivate us. Okay, enough of that then. So what is the sheep? Jesus ran the sheep out of the temple. According to Leviticus, if you read in the law of Moses, the sheep was to be used for a burnt offering. It was to be used for the free will offering. It was a type of praise. It was a type of worship. It was a type of sacrifice. It was a type of of communion with God. And and the Jews in the temple had become convenient for them. It had become easy for them to worship. In other words, there was no more raising this little sheep up from a a newborn and and having to feed it. And and they didn't put any effort into it. And they didn't put any work into it. They just said, you know what, when we get to church, we'll, 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 we'll buy a little praise. They got in their relationship with God to a point where praise and worship and serving God was no longer a premeditated act, but it became an act that we'll do when we get to God. A relationship with God became convenient. It became ordinary. It became routine. It became mundane. But I am not interested in a mundane uh, and an ordinary relationship with God. Uh, But I'm ready to step out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. I'm ready to step out of the powerless into the powerful. I'm ready to step out of the the mundane into the anointed. Uh, I'm ready to get rid of uh, and have God drive out of my life. Those things uh, that don't cost me anything. uh, The ordinary relationship with God. I'm done with that. Uh, I'm ready for a power-packed relationship with God. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Sometimes we come to church and we don't feel like praising God. Sometimes it's work. You know, sometimes serving God is going to cost you something. Sometimes coming to church and worshiping costs you something. But it's worth it. I'm not coming to church anymore and hoping the music's just right before I worship. You can sit on the, like a bump on the log on the pew, if you want to. God bless you. I'm going to worship. Even when I don't feel like worshiping, I'm going to worship. Even when my life ain't going great, I'm 
going to worship. My relationship with God is not going to be filled up with convenient little sheep, but it's going to get inconvenient. I'm going to bring my praise to the house of God. I'm going to bring my worship to the house of God. And it doesn't matter what you do. I'm going to worship. I'm getting rid of the sheep. No more. No more. I want a relationship with God that's powerful. Drove the sheep out of the temple. No more lazy worship. No more, that's just not me. I don't want to mess my hair up. I messed mine up this morning already. Can't you tell? Somebody told me yesterday, I think it was, I had a new hairdo and they liked it. Thank you. Sister Krista, if you won't mind, put verse 15 back up. So Jesus drove out their convenient and their lazy and their ordinary and their mundane and just going through the motion worship. He got rid of that. And then the Bible says that he drove out the oxen. In the Bible, the oxen was a beast of burden. Jesus went to the temple and he said, no, you're not supposed to bring your, te- your burdens into a relationship with me. Your past that's been weighing you down, you don't need to bring that into your worship but you need to let me get rid of that for you. You need to let me take care of that for you. You need to let me remove that for you. Oh, you don't have to bring your sin. You don't have to bring the hurt. You don't have to bring the past. You don't have to bring disappointment. You don't have to bring failure. You don't have to bring that into a relationship with God because God don't want you to have it. God's ready to get rid of your burdens uh, and your sickness uh, and your mindsets uh, and your mentalities uh, and all the stuff uh, that weighs us down uh, and the weights uh, and the sins that beset us. Uh, It's time uh, to get rid uh, of our burdens uh, and let God free. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Sometimes, not literally, but figuratively. Walk up before church, how you doing, brother or sister? Well, got my oxen. Leading him into the church. Sure would hate to be without my old burdens. You know, oxen are contrary. You got to work to get them to church. <laughs> that was divine right there. It's not in my notes. Got my burdens right here, Brother Merrill. Got my hate. (laughs) Big old pile of hate right here. In fact, my burdens got so heavy, Brother, I can't even carry them myself. I put them on my oxen. Got my bitterness. 
got some envy in here somewhere. I think my envy is right underneath my my pain. It's got my own my burdens. Bring them with me to church every Sunday. Can't live without them. When you enter the relationship with God that He wanted, you can let go of your oxen. And the hurt that you've suffered in the past, the hurt that you've suffered in family, the broken relationships, the times the preacher made you mad. Your mentalities, the mindsets, the I can'ts, the God can'ts, everything that we shoulder, everything that we carry, that we have sitting on our oxen, God runs it out. And they don't have time to unload them. It just takes off with all your stuff, all your burdens, and you you enter into a relationship with God without bringing all that junk with you. Did you know that you can have a burden-free relationship with God? And God wants to take somebody's burdens today away. God's ready to move on some burdens. God's standing here today, if you want to imagine that, with a little small scourge. And He's ready to hit your oxen right where it needs to be hit. And that bad boy is going to take off with all that junk. And you're not going to have to take it home with you. And I hope you didn't bring your cattle trailer behind your truck today. Well, you can load your oxen up and take him home because he's going to be gone today and you're going to walk out of here feeling a little bit lighter, feeling a whole lot lighter because all that load's going to be gone. Jesus is ready to move out the oxen from our lives. Hallelujah. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. The Bible says, Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Who's going to give you rest? Jesus. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I've mentioned this last week, kind of giving you a little heads up of what I was preaching today. A yoke of oxen. That's where they get two oxen together, they put a big wooden yoke around them and they strap them together and they pull a load. Jesus says to unyoke yourself from your oxen. And take his yoke on you. Amen. Take the yoke of Jesus on you. Unyoke from your oxen. Unyoke from your burden. Unyoke from the past. Unyoke from the failure. Unyoke from the sin. Unyoke from the broken relationship. Unyoke from the broken home. 
unyoke from all of that junk uh, and take the yoke of Jesus on you for His burden is light. Uh, you won't come to church uh, feeling like you're heavy laden uh, with this big backpack of burden and sin and all the junk that we have in life. Uh, you won't come to church with that. Because His burden is light. God is ready to move out some oxen. Sister Krista, verse 15 again. This is neat to me. So after Jesus runs the lazy, ordinary worship out of the temple, he runs the oxen out. So after we ex to engage an extraordinary relationship with God and we unload our burdens, notice he pours the changer's money out and he overthrew the table. I love this part. He left the money in the temple. You see that? He dumped it out, but he left it in the temple. God don't want you to get rid of your money. God's not interested in making you broke. I know, I just blew somebody's mind with that. Do you know that you can have a powerful relationship with God and be wealthy? That's nifty, isn't it? What he did when he dumped their money out on the ground is he left it in the temple, he let them keep it, but he put it in the right place on their list of priorities. On the bottom. He put their stuff, their possessions, their drive, their motivation for things. God knows it's necessary to have these things, but he wants them on the, the bottom of our priority list. The Bible says if we'll seek first the kingdom, all this stuff will be added to us. But if you'll read, and I hate to keep doing this to Sister Krista, but put up uh, verse 14. This is why I think he did that. The changers of money, what were they doing? Sitting down. They had allowed the possessions. They had allowed their stuff. They had allowed all of their junk, their money, blah, blah, blah. You fill in the blank. And you should have, I believe the people of God should be the wealthiest people in the world. I'm not anti-prosperity. You should have more money than you can shake a stick at, whatever that means. But what they had done was allowed their money, they had allowed their possessions, they had allowed their stuff to stop their relationship with God. They got to a place in their relationship with God, and I'm just sitting down. I gotta guard my stuff. Brother Merrill, if I go any further in my relationship with God, I might lose a little bit of my stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not real popular, I know. Keep the money. 
Put it on the bottom of your priority and serve God and worship God and engage a relationship with God and let God have His way in your life. Don't worry about your stuff. God's got it under control. God will supply all of that. God will meet those needs. Don't worry about your stuff. Just worship God. Just have a relationship with God. Just engage God and God will take care of all of that stuff. The Bible says He knows what we have need of before we ask isn't the lily of the valley it doesn't toil it doesn't do anything but it's clothed more beautiful than Solomon the birds of the field they eat but they don't plant God knows that we need these things let's stop worrying about them let's stop focusing on them let's stop making our minds hurt and getting headaches and and heartburn and heart attack over stuff uh, over the money on the changers table and let's worship God and let God take care of all that other stuff he'll do it (laughs) praise the Lord they sat down in a relationship with God over their stuff it kind of reminds me of Saul in the Old Testament. Everybody heard of Saul? When it came time, Saul was anointed king of Israel. He was going to be the man in the whole country. Nobody would deny him anything. And when it came time for him to begin the ascension of the throne of the king of Israel, when it came time for him to engage his destiny, when it came time for him to engage his purpose, when it came time for him to do what God had told him and asked him and anointed him to do, they couldn't find Saul. Do you know where the Bible says Saul was? Among the stuff. Saul allowed the stuff to become more important to him than what God wanted him to do. God, Saul allowed the stuff to become more important to him than the kingdom of Israel, than the throne of Israel. And you say, well, Brother Merrill, I would never allow myself to not do what God wants me to do over my stuff. I bet Saul didn't either. I'm not trying to preach negative. But understand, you can have your stuff, just put it where it belongs on your priority list. Sister Krista, verse 16. But I want to show you something that's different. Now that I'm done with my introduction, five more minutes, but I'll try to be five more minutes. The Bible says that he took a scourge and he drove out those that sold the oxen and the sheep and he flipped over the money, the money changers' tables, dumped their money out. So if you'll get the picture with me, everybody's in this big courtroom in the area and he drives them all out. And so now the last ones have just gone through this opening. If you'll, if you'll imagine that with me, it's gone through this opening. And so now you think the temple is cleansed, right? It's not. Because look at what Jesus did. He turned around and he began to talk to those that sold the doves. He didn't kick them out of the temple. 
They're still there. Look. He's not talking to anybody else. The Bible specifically says, and he said unto them that sold doves. So Jesus has run everything else out. And he turns around, and there is a group of people still standing there, and they have doves in a cage. And he makes this statement to them. Make not my father's house a house of merchandise. Jesus didn't kick the doves out of the temple. Jesus didn't run the doves out. He didn't pick up the little cages of doves and throw them out behind the sheep and the oxen. He didn't run those that sold the doves out of the temple like he did everybody else. The dove we all know is a type or is a symbol of the Holy Ghost. He simply said, take these things hence. If Jesus wanted them out of the temple, he'd have thrown them out the temple. Or he'd have run them out the temple when he ran everybody else out. Jesus wasn't telling them to take the doves out of the temple. He was telling them to take the doves out of their cages. He was telling them, take the parameters from around the Holy Ghost. Take the parameters off of the Spirit of God. Set the Spirit of God free in the temple. Set the Spirit of God free in your life. Uh, stop worrying. Don't, stop uh, saying God can't. Stop saying God might not. Stop saying those things. Don't hem God up anymore by your mentality. Don't hem Him up with a mindset. But turn God free in your life. Uh, set Him free in your life uh, and see what He will do. It's the power of a free God. If you set God free in your life, He will set you free in your life. Uh, if you release God, He'll release you. If you deliver God, He'll deliver you. If you'll get God out, He'll get you out. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. It's the power of a free God when we stop confining God to what we think. It's when we stop confining God to what our minds can process. And so we go, I just don't know if he can do that. Get God out of the cage. Get him out of the box. Do you know that God's bigger than us? Surprise, huh? Do you know that for most of us sitting here today, your future and your destiny is bigger than you are right now? So if we stay this way, we walk through life never being free. But if we set God free, you want to be free of the oxen and the sheep? Turn God free. Turn God free. And watch what He does for you. He'll set you free. Take God out of His cage. Take the Spirit of God out of our parameters. I'm almost done. But He, 
rescue Jesus made another comment. He made another statement. He said, don't make my house a house of merchandise. In other words, people, you men that sell doves, not only have you tried to take the God of all creation and put Him into a parameter, Not only have you taken God that fills above and beyond the expanse of the universe and tried to shrink Him down to just a little cage. But now you have the audacity to try to sell Him. Now you think that is for purchase. Now that you think whatever you have of God that you can sell, Guess what? The Spirit of God is not for sale. The Spirit of God cannot be contained and cannot be held by one person or one group and then be sold to the highest bidder or to be sold to those that have something or to be given away in exchange for a good. But I want to tell you this morning, the Spirit of God is free for whosoever will. And it don't matter who you are today. God is free today. He is free. You can have Him. You can have all of God you want. It doesn't matter what you have to give. It doesn't matter what you don't have to give. It don't matter how young. It don't matter how old. It don't matter how skinny. It don't matter how unskinny. It doesn't matter with God. All you have to do is come and approach Him and say, God, I want you. And God will turn around and say, I want you. And I'm free. I'm free for you. Hallelujah, let's stand this morning. If you're here this morning, seems like between you and where you want to be with God, the stuff packed in there can be anything. It ain't the will of God for you to have that stuff. It is, that's what made Jesus angry. Is that in these people's lives, things, regardless of what it was, but things had gotten between them and Him. Them and worship. Them and praise. They had allowed things to come between them. Notice Jesus didn't put any of that stuff there. And so today if you're here, Uh, It doesn't matter if you've been serving God for 50 years or if you've never been in a church before. If you feel like there's something in your life that's standing between you and God, if you think in your life that you've reached a place where you've just sat down and got real comfortable in your relationship with God, It ain't the will of God. We don't graduate from the school of spirituality. You never stop growing in a relationship with Him. 
And so if your relationship with God doesn't seem to have much pizzazz anymore, it's kind of ordinary. I just do this, Brother Merrill, because I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. Maybe I've been taught for years. Maybe I just do it because, hey, I like to come fellowship with people. Maybe you don't even come that often. But your relationship with God has gotten stale. I want to tell you this morning that God is here. And He wants to take the stuff that has gotten in our lives that stops us from pure worship. That hinders us from pure praise. And He wants to get it out of there. He wants to drive it out of your life. If you're here this morning, doesn't seem like there's a lot of power. Maybe circumstances has happened in life that has caused you to place God inside of a very tight parameter. Because you know that if God gets free, He's going to deal with these things. And there's things we can't get free of. And there's mindsets that we can't get free of. And there's hurts and there's pasts that we just can't get free of. And there's habits that we can't get deliverance over. And we sit there and we wonder, we wonder, we wonder. Take God out the box. And if you're here this morning and you have never received the Holy Ghost uh, with the evidence of speaking in tongues uh, and you've never felt that freedom and you've never felt that deliverance, uh, I want to let you know this morning that there's nothing that you can give that deserves, uh, that is worthy to buy it. uh, But you can't be so poor that you can't afford it. Uh, You can't be so good that you get it, but you can't be so bad that you don't get it. The presence and the Spirit And the power of the Holy Ghost is free for whosoever will. All you have to do is tell God you want it and then receive it from Him. It's the power of a free God. He'll turn your life upside down. He'll make all things different. He'll make your mind different. This past week at Palmetto Springs, I've got to say this. I was trying to quit. Give me one more minute. I promise. I ask everybody every week when I stand in front of them, I say, who had an awesome week this week? And the first couple times I asked that, absolutely nobody raised their hand. Nobody. I did. This past Tuesday night, I stood in front of some 30 people. And I said, who had an awesome week? And they all. And as soon as they raised their hand, it dawned on me, it struck me instantly. What in their life has changed? None of them are living in a big mansion anyway. None of them won the lottery that I know of. None of them has has come upon anything great or new or different in the last 8-10 weeks that I've been asking that question however long it's been 
Nothing in their life so much has changed to cause them to have an awesome week. But guess what has changed? Their perspective of their life. Their outlook on life has changed. Their mind is changing. Their heart is changing. Their attitudes, bless God, are starting to change. That's what God does. That's the power of a free God. When you let God loose in your life, incredible things happen. Hallelujah. If you this morning, if you need something from God, if you're ready for God to drive out the junk, if you're ready to un- get rid of it, unloose and get rid of your burden, if you're ready to take God out of the perimeters that you've had Him in, or if you've never even experienced God, then I want to invite you to come this morning and God's free and set God free. Set Him free in your life. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Come around the front. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to do anything to cause you embarrassment. Hallelujah, but God wants to set somebody free this morning. God.